With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at RepcoService.com. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at RepcoService.com. A beautiful game. It's well and truly back for a new season. England's lower tiers have already begun, but uh, this weekend sees the Premier League kick off with match day one tomorrow at the New Zealand friendly time of 7am when Crystal Palace host Arsenal. Ten matches in all right throughout the early hours of uh, till Monday morning. Be a big weekend for football fans. SENZ's very own Ricardo Ball will be one who's gearing up for it. Uh, he joins us now, not only a football pundit, but he's been very, very busy, uh, I think, interviewing pretty much every uh, Women's Phoenix side and, uh, new member um, as they join the group. So uh, Ricardo has, uh, whilst everyone else has been in a little bit of a hiatus, Ricardo never will be when it comes to football. Good morning to you, sir. Yeah, g'day, Smithy. How you doing? Yeah, cool, man. Uh, before we get to the Premier League, uh, the Wellington Phoenix uh, won their opening match of the Australia Cup when they beat uh, Devonport City. Um, so that was pretty handy first up effort. Yeah, it was. Um, I, I thought they they played pretty well. Um, you know, they had it streaming live on on YouTube, and as uh, so you tune in and watch that, and yeah, they they looked uh, a little bit shaky to start, and Devonport gave them a few few problems. But I think Utrecht will probably appreciate that. Um, they ended up coming through it, winning it reasonably comfortably, and I think it's for the first time in a while they actually had a reasonably strong squad to start this competition. You know, we've seen them in the past just uh, effectively play a youth squad with a couple of first-teamers. But, you know, they had Costa Barbarousas, they had Scott Wooten, they had Ollie Sale, they had Tim Payne. So uh, they're the basis of a good side. So I think it's uh, yeah, good signs. I mean, obviously, with a few players still to come in, uh, I think it was a great win for the Knicks. Uh, puts them into the uh, the round of 16. And, um, yeah, he, he's hoping they go on a decent cup run. Well, uh, they made it as far as the semi-finals last season, of course. Um, and uh, this time round, though, in the 16, they've got to play uh, the Premiers, the A-League Premiers in Melbourne City. What chance uh, early in the season to catch them napping? Yeah, probably a pretty good one, to be honest, um, I think. Because, I mean, Melbourne City are a, a very good side, as you mentioned. Um, but they won't have all their ducks in a row just yet either. Um, so I think, you know, it's probably going to be a shade away from the team that we saw running around in the A-League last season, the Melbourne City team that the Phoenix come up against. So I think they're every chance. Um, obviously, it will be away in Australia because all the FFA Cup games, Australia Cup as it's been renamed, have to be played in Aussie, which is a bit of a, uh, a bone of contention for Phoenix fans, I know. But, um, you know, so there'll, there'll be that against them. But I think uh, they've got every chance because, you know, the FFA Cup or the Australia Cup is as, as good as it is to win. I don't think it's going to be the number one target for Patrick Snorbo. He'll be looking at a few youth players that are coming through their academy, trying them in this situation, seeing how they shape up, seeing whether or not they can fit into the squad for the coming A-League season, or if they're players he needs to let go and he still needs to strengthen the squad elsewhere. 
The Women's Phoenix uh, confirmed the re-signing of Aussie midfielder Isabel Gomez. Uh, of course, on the back of also uh, signing 132 cap football fern Betsy Hassett. So strength uh, is building. Yeah, strength is building. You know, and Chloe Knotts re-signed as well, um, who uh, I think is a very good player. Um, I mean, she can do a lot of different things for the the Phoenix, she can play uh, as as a six, or she can, you know, she played a false nine last season. She can play as an eight as well. And I think her alongside Hassett um, and Izzy are, are great acquisitions for the Knicks. So I think this Knicks women's team is building really, really well. They're keeping the key plays, players from last season. Uh, they're adding a couple of players as we've mentioned, Betsy Hassett and Paige Satchel, who I, I think are certainly a massive improvement on what they had in the squad last season. Um, outside of Grace Jarley, I think it looks like they've got everybody that they've kept everybody they wanted to keep. It's just going to be interesting to see where they go, uh, you know, to, to to add more because I think they're going to keep the core of the squad. But I think I've got a feeling there might be one or two more surprises on the uh, on, on the horizon for the Phoenix. Actually, uh, that would be great news. Uh, last weekend we saw the championship uh, get underway in England and those lower tiers as well. Uh, but of course, it's uh, the Premier League tomorrow morning. Uh, the Gunners, Arsenal, uh, visiting uh, Crystal Palace. Uh, what, what chance there? It's an, it's an all-London game. Yeah, and I mean, this game last season, Crystal Palace beat Arsenal um, and gave, gave them a hell of a fright. Of course, Patrick Vieira is the Crystal Palace manager, and he's done a great job there. He took over at the beginning of last season, uh, rejuvenated the squad. They had the oldest squad in the league before he took over. He, he sort of turned that over. He has lost a couple of players. Uh, Conor Gallagher, who they had on loan from Chelsea, was really important for them last season. He's gone back to Chelsea. They haven't been able to get him again. Um, but they have added to their squad. I think they, they'll look a decent prospect. But I'm really interested to see how Arsenal go in this game because Arsenal tend to have a bit of a, a soft underbelly. And so when things go tough in the past, we've seen Arsenal go belly up. Um, but you're starting to see signs that maybe they've turned a bit of a corner on this. I think they, they, they still need to add players in the, tra- in the transfer window. I don't think they've got everybody that they want in, particularly in midfield. But uh, they have signed a couple of players out of Manchester City. Um, and one of those is Gabriel Jesus. And, you know, under Pep Guardiola, you know, effectively, he hasn't played a number nine for a long time. I mean, he wasn't a massive fan of playing Sergio Aguero because... He didn't um, fit into a fluid front three, if you like. And Gabriel Jesus was a bit the same. And he very rarely played him as a nine. He often played him out wide on the right. Uh, but Arsenal have brought him in to be their number nine, to be their striker. And he scored a hat full of goals in pre-season. Um, they played Sevilla, who were one of the top four Spanish teams. And they won 6-0 pre-season. And he scored a hat trick in that game. So I think uh, Jesus would be one to watch. Uh, they also brought in Zinchenko, the Ukrainian, who's played left back and also played midfield um, for Manchester City. He's coming to this Arsenal side as well. So I think a couple of really interesting acquisitions. I think this is going to be a really tight game. It's going to be a tough opening game for Arsenal away at Palace. I think they get it done. I think they've just added in enough firepower, but I, I don't think it's going to be a lay down the by any means. Well, the three sides returning to the Premier League are Fulham, uh, Bournemouth and of course Nottingham Forest after a long absence, 23 years in fact uh, away from the Premier League so uh, for Fulham they're taking on Liverpool who uh, last week uh, beat Manchester City of course to win the uh, Community Shield which traditionally kicks off the season Fulham, so their task is a tough one first up very tough, you know. I think Fulham have got a tough ask in general. Um, this will be the third time they have been back into the Premier League. Um, the last two times they came up, got relegated, came up, got relegated. Uh, I think they've had another year down in the Championship this time. 
they've come up. They've added a couple of interesting players, but I still don't know that they've got enough in them. I think defensively they need uh, they need work as well. They really only have two recognised out-and-out centre-backs at the moment in that squad, so they need to be doing more in the in the transfer window. Um, and they've just signed Burton Leno, the number two goal- goalkeeper from Arsenal, to be the number one. So uh, that'll give them a bit of solidity between the sticks. But I really think, you know, it's, it's a tough one, Smithy, with the the way the transfer window works, it goes right through to the 1st of September. So we're going to get three games in the Premier League or three rounds into the Premier League before that transfer window shuts. So things can change. But at the moment, I think uh, Fulham, uh, I would say they're odds on to be one of the three teams relegated straight back down. Uh, I don't I don't see they've got enough to, to stay up. And I think there's every chance they get a pasting from Liverpool. I'd, if there's a, an option of the TAB for four and a half or more goals in the match, I'd be looking at it. Wow, okay. Uh, not good uh, for Fulham fans. Bournemouth um, make their return as well. Uh, they face Aston Villa. That looks to be a much more even encounter. Yeah, it should be. It should be a more even encounter. Um, Scott Parker's in charge of Bournemouth. He, he, did, he did take over Fulham for a while when they were in the Premier League last season, uh, well, last time round, I should say, and he, there, there were some good signs, and then he's gone. He left them and went to Bournemouth, and he's brought Bournemouth back up. only thing with Bournemouth, I think, is they've got a lot of the same players they got relegated with. Um, you know, you've got guys like Dominic Solanke, the former Liverpool striker that they spent a lot of money on when they were still in the Premier League, Bournemouth. And he last time they were in the Premier League, he could only score three goals for the season. Um, whether that is just a sign of, you know, he's too good for the championship, not enough good not, not good enough for the premiership. I'm not sure, because last season he scored 29 in the championship. So we'll see how he, he fares. Um, I think Aston Villa will probably be better. Um, they've got, uh, I think it's Carlos Diaz. They've signed from Severa, sent him back. Um, we should strengthen them there. Um, I think Coutinho coming in full-time is, is really good for them as well. I think they will be a, a decent side this year, Villa. Um, they should probably have too much for Bournemouth on the opening day, although it is away, and that can often throw up a little bit of a banana skin. But, yeah, Bournemouth, for me, Smithy, are another team that I think um, will be odds-on to be in that bottom three and get relegated again at the end of the season. OK, well, let's hope for better things for Nottingham Forest. Then uh, their first mission is to uh, travel uh, slightly north on, on the trains. Their fans will be, after 23 years of waiting, they'll be jumping on the train very, very keenly, I would imagine, to go to St James's Park uh, with a first-up uh, engagement against Newcastle. Yeah, this will be a, a great game, I think, because I think Eddie Howe is trying to transform that Newcastle team, and he's not being able to do it. You know, I think we thought with the Saudi ownership taking over and they'd just be another Manchester City be bags of money getting thrown here there and everywhere but they haven't approached it that way they've they've gone about it slightly differently they haven't been able to get all the transfer targets they wanted they actually haven't had added a whole lot just yet Newcastle um, so it'll be interesting to see if they can do more in the next sort of three or four weeks and uh, Nottingham Forest on the other hand the, the owner of that club is a Greek um, billionaire and he has uh, I think brought in about 10 players into that squad and they've brought in some really interesting names as well um, some reasonably decent players out of the Bundesliga have come into that club uh, and they've also brought Nico Williams who has uh, come through Liverpool's academy, played a bit in the Liverpool first team over the last couple of years as a right back or a centre back, he, He's come in. So I think they've done really good business, and I really uh, like the way they go about their football. I, it's a bit like Brentford. Remember, Smithy Brentford were the team that won the playoff last season. 
and they were the only team to come up from the championship to stay up. Um, it feels like the team that's won the playoff this time around is the most likely team to stay up as well. I've, I've got Forest, I think, uh, competing well. I think they'll be a bit Brentfordy. They will play some decent football. They'll exceed expectations. They might plateau a bit in the middle of the season, um, but I think they'll have enough. And uh, yeah, I'm really interested to see how Forest go. I think they, there's every chance um, that they they go really well um, and maybe get a mid-table finish. Say a, a 13th, 14th, somewhere around there, which would just be um, gold dust for them. And yeah, I'm looking forward to this opening game. And you know, I mean, if I was looking at a, a market for this, I'd probably look at the draw. To be honest, I think these two teams might cancel each other out, but I think it'll be a great day out for both sets of fans. Manchester United, your Manchester United, uh, take on uh, Brighton, 1 o'clock um, Monday, 1am Monday morning, New Zealand time. Uh, but it appears at this stage uh, that will be with Ronaldo, Cristiano Ronaldo, coming off the bench. Yeah, it looks that way. Uh, he obviously didn't go on the tour to uh, Thailand and Australia, the pre-season tour. Uh, and then he didn't play against Atletico Madrid, but he got 45 minutes against Rio Vallecano last Sunday. Um, that's all his preseason, so I think he's going to be underdone. Uh, the ten, I, I think there's problems there. Ten Hag has criticised him because he got subbed at half time, and I don't think that would have been a surprise. That would have been you haven't had enough preseason. We'll give you 45 minutes. Here you go. He didn't play particularly well in that 45 minutes, and then he left the ground before the game had finished. Um, and Ten Hag has been critical of that when he was asked about it. So I think there's every chance that Ronaldo's not there come September the first, and United have got a lot of business to do between now and then. Um, I think they've, they've added three. They probably need, need to add another three or four. Uh, Tellez has gone out the door. He's gone to Sevilla. They're looking to move probably another uh, three or four. And, and people like Brandon Williams, um, Phil Jones will probably go as well. Uh, so there'll be a couple, Eric Bailly, potentially, that they will move out the out the door. Uh, and then they, they need to bring in another striker to back up Anthony Martial. If Ronaldo is... Uh, going to leave. Well, I mean, even if he stays, they, they're short at number nine. Um, so there's a lot of business for United to do. But I mean, I, I think taking on Brighton at home is a good start to the season for them. And it's a Brighton team that um, I think were short of goals last season. They drew 15 games last season, Smithy. So, um, which says that they stay in the fight for a long time. But they, they've lost uh, uh, Basuma to, um, to Tottenham, who's their broke up a lot of opposition plays and it looks like Cucurella, who was a star for them at left back is going to Chelsea for about 50 million um, I don't think they've replaced either of those uh, adequately, they, they haven't really sorted the goal situation out, they've brought in an 18 year old out of the Paraguayan National League, I, I don't know how he's going to have 5 foot 6 hit the ground running in the Premier League either so I expect Brighton to go backwards a bit this season maybe not hit the heights of last season because they have really replaced the pieces they've lost um, so I think United will get a win first game up of the season, uh, but it's a game you expect them to win, and if you're a 10 hard, that'll be something you'd be demanding at the team. Everton snuck in uh, last year, uh, well, last season. They, they really only just uh, survived. Uh, they're up against Chelsea first, um, and the, the Chelsea, of course, under uh, pretty new ownership as well. So uh, what are you expecting for the London club this year? It's really interesting, Chelsea. Um, they're they're a little bit of a they're in a bit of an issue uh, problem at the moment. With defensively, they've lost Antonio Rudiger, Andreas Christensen. Looks like Marcus Alonso will go. Um, Malanga Sarr, um, who was the fringe first team centre back, has gone as well to Monaco. So they're having a rebuild defensively. Um, they've brought in Koulibaly, um, who's been a star for Napoli. 
in CDR for the last five or six seasons. Um, he's a good player, but he's 31. He's never played in the Premier League before. It is a, a different pace to CDR. And he'll be playing along Thiago, alongside Thiago Silva, who's 37, a Brazilian. So um, he's had one season. So I think defensively there'll be question marks around Chelsea. I, I, I don't think uh, they're as solid as they would like to be. Uh, looks like they've got Cucurella coming in for Brighton, but he, he won't be available, I doubt, for the first game. So it'll be Ben Chilwell starting on the on the right. And it'll be interesting to watch uh, see what shape Tuchel goes, given that you know, he preferred playing three centre-backs last season, like a 3-4-3 three, three or a 3-5-2. Um, but if you don't, if you've lost that many centre-backs, does he have enough to play that that sort of formation? So that'll be interesting. So I think, yeah, Chelsea a lot to do. They've also, obviously, uh, had a big falling out, Tuchel and Lukaku. So Lukaku, who they brought in for $100 million this time last year, has gone to Inter Milan on loan for a season because they just didn't want to work together. And they haven't been able to bring in another number nine. Um, so they don't have an out-and-out nine at the moment. There's Armando Brouillard, who was at uh, Southampton on loan last season, who's a, come through the Chelsea Academy, who's, I think, 19-20. And he looked all right at Southampton, so, I mean, at a pinch he could do the job, but more likely, I think, Kai Havertz, the German uh, who has played a bit at nine, more of a false nine, will probably be where they will go. But I think, yeah, Chelsea, midfield looks solid. Everywhere else needs work. Uh, that said, they should have too much for Everton. Um, Everton... Dominic Calvert-Lewin is injured. They've sold Richarlison. Uh, Rondon is suspended for the first game. So they don't have any strikers at the moment, Everton. Um, and they're trying to rebuild at the back. They've brought in James Tarkowski from Burnley on a free, but I don't think it's enough. Um, to be honest, I'd be surprised if Frank Lampard's still in the job by November. And they're a team, I think, could be uh, dancing around that 18th place coming into the season. So many things aren't looking great at Everton. And I don't think Lampard's the man to get them out of it. So I expect a Chelsea win. Okay, um, we've got uh, other teams to talk about, Ricardo. I think we'll feature them next week after the first round is uh, underway. Of course, Tottenham uh, playing Southampton. <coughs> West Ham up against uh, reigning champions uh, Manchester City. Uh, have a sleepless weekend, my friend, and we'll catch up with you next oh. week. I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure you've got it lined up and pretty well set up for the weekend. Yeah, mate, that's right. There'll, there'll be no sleep happening here because I've got to do the show with Marshy on Sunday as well, the rugby run, which means I'll be up watching the All Blacks live and then trying to set up a pre-record with Marshy out of South Africa immediately after the game. So, yeah, sleep. Uh, who needs it? Who needs it, mate? Who needs it? Uh, we need you, though, with that football knowledge. So keep on coming in, Ricardo. Absolutely fantastic. Have a terrific weekend, mate. Good luck, man, you. Cheers. Thanks, Millie. Go well. Deck maintenance isn't fun. Move the furniture and barbecue, sand and prep, paint, seal, or get a low-maintenance Trex deck. The only colour fade you'll have to deal with is watching the sunset. Trex, the world's number one decking brand.